Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nation's Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, I am editor-in-chief of NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This week, I am talking with Michelle Bythewood. She is the president of Houston-based fast casual Salada, which is getting ready to open its 90th location and is preparing for its next growth phase by updating its brand, its team, and its restaurant design. Michelle joined the podcast to discuss the steps that you need to take to ready your restaurant for expansion and what she sees as being the path to becoming a billion-dollar brand. In this episode, you're going to learn why customization may still be king, why you should be equally invested in growth in on-premises business as in off, how your purpose can be your brand differentiator, and why your leadership team is make or break for your company. Jumping now into my interview with Salada President Michelle Bythewood. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my five takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high-efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. Okay, Michelle Bythewood, CEO of Salada. Michelle, thanks for joining me today. Um, let's just start from the beginning of your time with this company. How did you join Salada? I started back in um, 2017. I started, I actually owned my own company and met Salada through a mutual friend and came on as a consultant for about a year, which was ideal to get to know a company and a brand for, for a year. And they offered me the opportunity to come on full time, which at the time I wanted no part of. I was like, no, I'm doing my own thing. I'm really enjoying it. But I just absolutely fell in love with the brand mm. and saw the opportunity um, the challenge of, of, of joining a, a growth brand and, and making a real impact and change. So came on as the CMO and about a year and a half into it, uh, approached the, the owner and, and said, let me run the run the brand. So moved into the role I'm in now and, and uh, great things are, are happening because I've got a great team. Love the bold moves. Just give me the brand. Just let, let me do this. <laughs> what was it about? Why, why did you feel so confident that you could do that? Because I saw the potential of the brand and there were so many areas beyond marketing that that needed help and opportunity and revitalizing. And I just felt like I had accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in the area of marketing, but I wanted to tackle, you know, every other area, operations and, and um, you know, HR and it just everything that was it was makes up the brand. So I uh, 
yeah, I was bold and, and went in and, and met with the founder and said, let me run the show. And, and luckily he looked at me and said, let's do it. Nice. So. Oh, that's great. So what, what was your vision at that point for the brand? You, you saw something in this brand that you felt you could execute against as the leader. What was it that you hoped to accomplish at that point? I just felt like the brand and I do today as well as it just, it's not a trend. It's healthy eating. Our, our guests are very passionate about being able to customize their salads. And, and we have a slogan that we say salad, how you feel. So it's really about how that individual chooses to, to fuel their body, you know, whatever they want to put on a salad. And I, I just felt like that wasn't a trend. It was a, a healthy eating movement and, and something that they'd been doing for quite a while, but the opportunity I saw, saw was the brand just needed to be revitalized. It was it was getting a little stale from a design feel. Uh, I felt like the logo really needed to be elevated. So some of those opportunities that might sound simple are, are pretty complicated when you, you talk about a brand that's that's 10 plus years old and, and founder driven. And, and it's hard to go in and, and tell a founder, you know what, you've got an amazing concept and operating system, but there's some things that are broken. And you know, changing a logo is is not an easy task. So we spent a lot of time, I did researching, talking with guests, that kind of thing to find, you know, just that next iteration of, of Salada. I know that in the last decade, we've seen um, several salad fast casual concepts pop up. But but I, what I recognize is you're not using that language. Salada, I think, is is a little bit more than that. But tell me how you think customers in particular view this brand. What What is the experience you think customers are looking for out of Salada that differenti differentiates it from, you know, some of these other so-called salad fast casuals? I And I get that question all the time. What is it that makes you unique? You've got all these other concepts out there, but I really, I think it's what I just said about the guests being able to come in and customize their salad each and every time and having so many choices. We have over 50 fresh toppings. So it's not menu driven. So when you think of the other salad brands out there, it's, it's menu based and a lot of them are very good at what they do, but ours is truly customizable start to finish. And I think that's what makes us unique and why we have those repeat guests that come five days, you know, during the work week, every single day. And I had the opportunity just a few months ago to go back through training and it, it's good to do that, you know, from time to time. And, and the, the number of guests that, that come in every day and get the same thing, creatures of habit, it's really mm. pretty fun to see. All right. So, so settle the conversation I've been having with my team because we've been talking about the concept of customization. And on one hand, you see Subway, you know, originator, arguably of the customization model is adding signature items, kind of moving away from it. But we're also seeing some other brands add some sense of customization to some degree, maybe not build your own meal, but maybe assemble your own, um, you know, components of a meal, perhaps. Um, tell me about what you think about the state of customization, because if you guys are all in on this, you must have a sense that that's exactly what your customers are coming to you for. That is absolutely what they're coming to us for. And, and we've been doing this from the get-go now, 17 years. And, and I, you know, several years back, I would laugh at, oh, the new trend is customization. I was like, yeah, I've been there, done that, you know, it works. <laughs> Uh, but and we've tried we we've we've tried to think outside the box and say you know maybe we should offer some type of curated salad and and we've done that but what we saw was that the guests would come in they'd say okay that looks interesting but I want to take this 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 off I want to add this this and this so they were still customizing it so mm -hmm. it just proved to us that it, it truly is about the guest being the chef 
and creating their own own version of the salad. I wonder what it means from a labor perspective to the customization, because I'm guessing it's easier to be pure customization than to be, I want the number four, but do this, do this, do this, and do this. Is that right? Yeah, it, that's that's correct. And and the way we do it is is we we chop everything fresh in the morning. We literally cut every fruit and vegetable. And then each one of our crew members that's cut that particular section of fruits and veggies, they actually man that particular station. So they have 12 items in front of them, which is kind of fun because it's like the pride they have in making everything perfect. Then they're serving the guest in, in that particular area. So yeah, it's it's unique in a the labor model sense as well. Mm-hmm. All right. You mentioned um, changing the logo, but I'm curious when you took over as leader of this brand, you saw some other things I think that you you wanted to change about setting it up for the next phase of growth. What were some of the other things that to you, you felt like you needed to get right before launching into that that process of expansion? Beyond the logo, just from a design perspective, really looking at the the entire restaurant from lightening up the colors and bringing in different aesthetics from metals and woods and just having that modern type of fresh feel that really is our, our, our brand. It's about fresh and clean and healthy. So I wanted a concept and internal design that, that emulated that more. And then just looking at areas of opportunity with, with third-party growth and having that true pickup area that was designated, looking at the flow in general, just, just you know, what is the most uh, convenient way for a guest to get to a pickup order or a third-party delivery? Um, we also went to the uh, extreme of looking at dining areas. So we have high-top tables that have plugins for people that want to bring a laptop. So really trying to think through strategically what would be more inviting to the guest. And that hadn't been done in the past. So is it safe to say that the two years of COVID, did it affect the way that your customer was visiting Salada? And did that have anything to do with some of these changes you were making? It, it COVID definitely is interesting because the um, the current statistic on our restaurant is 75% of our guests want to come in. They do come in, go down the line, pick what they want, and about 56% of them take it to go. But mm. 75% still come in. Mm -hmm. So they want that interaction with the brand. They want to look at every fruit and vegetable and say, I want more of this, you know, less of that, whatever it is, pick their protein. And I think that's that's really unique to our brand as well. So COVID was a challenge because of that. You know, all mm -hmm. of a sudden everyone's forced to order online and, and those kind of things. But now that we're primarily through that, our pure online order is about 20%. So okay. it's not over the you know top, but but it's because our guests like to come in and and, and choose for themselves. So it works for us. It just might be me, but when I try to customize something on my phone through an app, it actually <laughs> stresses me out because I'm like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I, you know, I have it all laid out there, but for me, and and forget about DoorDash because when you have to do it through their platform, it's yeah. just clunky, right? So I guess that would make sense, right? It's just so much easier to customize something if you are standing there in front of it. Well, and that's why we don't have menu boards. So if mm. you go to one of our restaurants, there is no menu because even if there was, the guest comes in the straight, you know, the first thing they do is they're looking at the line. They're looking at all the beautiful colors of the fruits and veggies and and pointing and, and choosing and, and going about it that way. So, but mm. I'm the same way with the app. I, I always think I've missed something. I'm scrolling back up, scrolling back down. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly.
So all of these changes that you make to the footprint of the restaurant, were you doing that in the existing builds or did you guys build some new restaurants first just to kind of prove out some of this stuff? How did you roll out these changes? Uh, both. We, so we have, we're going through um, what we call a refresh program right now. So it's a remodel program um, and literally going into our existing restaurants and wiping the slate clean. I mean, we've redone the floors, we've, we've moved everything out, furniture, fixtures, the whole nine yards has, has been redone. So a really beautiful, new, clean look. But we've also built some new locations as well and, and gone into some new markets like Charlotte and um, built it from the ground up with a new design. So moving, you know, switching everyone to the, the new look, which is a process. So sure. For everybody who's listening, who might be thinking about doing some of their own updates to their brand, I'm curious, what are some what are some things that should tell you it's time? Like, how did you know it was time to make all of these changes? For me, it was, you know, having a design and creative marketing type of background. For me, it was pretty easy to tell. Just the colors that, that had been used in the past with, with Salada were kind of old world gold and deep plums. So just a darker feel that that at the time were, were ideal. Um, but it just, it, it didn't translate to who our brand is and our brand voice. And I wanted to see the the really fresh, clean, bright whites and greens and, and things that really signaled who we are mm -hmm. so just a different approach so another another uh some other changes that you guys made were you made some additions to the executive team tell me about the people part of this how do you how do you work on the people side of things to make sure that part is in place too Right. And, and that's the, the number one challenge. I mean, it can be your greatest source and it can also be your most challenging source. So I've really spent a lot of time on, on that over the last few years. And within the last 12 months, I've, I've completed my executive team. So I hired um, a new VP of operations, a VP of franchise development and a VP of IT. So three really, really critical roles um, to work with me on my leadership team, which I'm super excited about. Um, but it, it, you know, it takes a while to get the right person and, and get everyone up to speed. But I feel really, really confident that this is the right group and we're going to do great things. All right. So all the, are all the pieces in place? Are you guys planning on stepping on the accelerator a bit? So now we're ready for growth mode. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so in addition to our refreshes, we're, we're just excited to, to really grow and expand and there is so much interest in our brand right now. So we have so many people inquiring from a prospect standpoint. So that's really our focus is to meet and do discovery days, as we call them, where we invite these prospects into our home. We give them a tour of, of um, you know, how we make all of our dressings, small batch, and really let them meet the Salada family and, and go through that process. Because it's so important to us to have owner-operators to have people that are just interested in healthy eating and, and it means something to them and they want to bring that to their community. So we're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing us. But I think that's really key to, to growing a healthy franchisee system. And based on all these changes that you have made, you've updated the sort of look and feel of things, the branding, the restaurants themselves, the physical footprint. How does that then change what you're looking for, not only in your potential franchisees, but also in the type of real estate that you're growing to, has that part of it changed as well? 
We're absolutely, our ideal unit is in capped with a drive-through and that's, that's, everybody wants that, but that's really key to us. And some people are like, why, why would you want a drive-through? Yeah. But it's about the ability to order online and just speed through the pickup window, which is a drive-through and grab your order and go. So you're not mm -hmm. physically reading from a menu board and ordering, but the ease and convenience, if you don't want it delivered third party, that you can just order online and, and grab it. The other opportunity is just looking for pickup windows so someone can park and, and again walk up and grab it and go so it's just the world of convenience that we live in we're also looking for just smaller footprints we've traditionally had 3,000 to 3,500 which is too large for us now so we're really trying to focus on more of the 24 25 28 you know, just a smaller footprint and even considering I just spoke with a, a franchisee yesterday that really wants to look at a pickup only to go type of, of restaurant location. So zero dining. Mm -hmm. I think that's an area of opportunity for us. Why not? Sure. Just going back to, the, mm -hmm. okay. well, going back to the drive-through, you know, you mentioned that about 20% of your business is online ordering. So for a drive-through that is an online order pickup, I mean, do, do you anticipate that online ordering bit to grow? I mean, I guess to rephrase the question, the drive-through is a significant investment. You're paying a premium on that spot. So that must be a bet that that's going to be more the way people experience a lot of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and finding that, we think that's just the right way to approach it is, is finding drive-through units and really promoting that side of the business. We have a handful of units that do a significantly higher amount of sales just because of that ability to, to drive through and pick it up. So again, our society of, of wanting to, to grab it and go, So which I understand and respect. And those must be the suburban, very close to residential kind of locations, I imagine. Correct. Yeah, I've been through several pickup windows at Fast Casuals myself. The the on online order go through the um, pickup window because two little kids, it, you know, you you don't want to <laughs> yeah. get them out of the car. Of course, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. But how, has there been a learning curve with this operation? I mean, I know it's a little bit of a different beast than the traditional drive through, but incorporating these things still must be. I mean, it must be a learning process for you guys, right? Oh, absolutely. It's always a learning process and and figuring how to to do it right. And, and I think our area of opportunity is always accuracy. You want to get everything perfect. And, and because we have such a, a large menu that the guests can choose from, we want to make sure we've gotten everything down to a T. So we really try to focus on the accuracy piece of it, um, whether it be through the drive-through or, or someone walking in, but yeah, it's, it's a learning curve and, and something we're always adjusting to. To that end, what are the what are the things in the future you think your customers will demand of Salada? Because you've adapted to obviously this sort of new direction toward off-premises business. They clearly still want to customize, but maybe they want to take it to go. I'm sure you must be watching the trends that are affecting the consumer generally right now. What do you think the future Salada customer wants out of your restaurants and how can you prepare for that? I think they want to see more innovation, um, which we, we were really excited to roll out steak this this um, past summer and add a new protein, which is a big deal for us and reaching a different audience, a little bit heavier male audience with a, a really great steak protein. But they're always asking us to try new things. And um, we're looking at uh, a pickled product, for example. So just thinking outside the box and they get so excited. We had blueberries this, this summer. We brought them back in and people just went crazy for adding blueberries. That doesn't sound like it's anything fancy. It's just <laughs> a fruit, right? Um, but just adding more things that they can customize and get excited about dressings 
huge opportunity for us. Um, I'd like to introduce some, some more lighter dressings, um, just different flavor profiles, that kind of thing. So we really do a good job of studying the trends and um, what's something that we can try that might be unique in our dressing, for example. So getting people engaged from that perspective. Looking broadly at the category you guys participate in, you know, call it salad, fast, casual, call it healthy bowl, fast, casual, whatever you want to call it. Um, how is this category maturing? Because I know it's been 10, 15 years has been really the time that this category has emerged, um, really with the strength of especially, uh, you know, millennials, and now you're moving into Gen Z. How do you see the category going in general into the future? Where do you see that direction? I think that the category will continue to to grow from um, an engagement standpoint. I believe the the younger set really wants to be engaged in the brand and and they want to know that we're doing things for the the better good. And um, you know we have a slogan internally that we say. Um, uh, start with love, act with purpose, serve with gratitude. And we live by that. And it means something to us. And I'm actually looking at how do we bring it to life in our restaurants? Because we want to know, we want guests to know that, that that's what we really truly value and, and what we stand for. But you got to be careful with that because it's not just a slogan that goes on the wall. So I, I just right. think the millennials and the younger set really want to know that brands have a purpose. Um, we have been huge supporters of mental health for many, many, many years. Um, and, and that came from our own internal employees wanting that to be our really our philanthropic um, area and just letting people know those things in a genuine way that that's who we are and, and we're here to serve our guests and um, invite them into our home. So I, I think mm -hmm. that will continue to grow and um, menus will continue to elevate and evolve. But I don't think it has to be complex. I think mm -hmm. a lot of brands right now are really looking at their own ingredients they have, whether it's like us or menu driven, what do we have in house that we really haven't thought about utilizing so that we can be more cost efficient. And we're always looking at ways to reduce cost for our, our franchisees and make them more profitable. So that is absolutely one of our top banners that the, this year, next year, into the future that we always have to be mindful of. Going back to the concept of, of change. Uh, I'm curious, you know, how much change do you continue moving forward? How how much now that you've gotten some of these pieces in place, the design element, you've got your people element in place, mm -hmm. um, do, do you turn your attention to other things to change or can you just set back and say, okay, well, things are good now and we're going to go into, you know, a year's worth of growing and just let it be. Uh, what do you think about that concept? Do you feel like you have to constantly be looking at things to improve? So the restaurant industry, you can never get sit there and get run over. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, I, we are always changing and evolving. I think you have to be smart about it and and strategic in how you move. You can't do it too fast. Mm -hmm. um, you really want to just be mindful and, and thoughtful of the growth process and doing things the right way. And but tech, like for example, you know, I rolled out a whole new tech suite package in, in 2019 and and you know it's going very well, but you just have to constantly be looking at, should I evolve it in another direction? Should I do something different? So I think you always have to be in the back of your mind, you know, have a radar on, on what's the next new thing. And is it time for, for me to adopt it? It might not be now, but let's keep an eye on it. Look at all of our competitors and what they're doing well. So many of, of our competitors are, and non-competitors are doing things well, but keeping a pulse on that and, and deciding when it's the right time for us to make such a move. 
what do you think is the potential for this brand? I know there's a lot of white space ahead of you just as far as geographic markets, but what, what do you think you can accomplish now that you've made those changes, you have leadership of this brand, you have that runway ahead of you, what does it look like? Well, I want to be a billion dollar brand. So that's my sure. goal. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the opportunity is is just amazing for us. I, like I said early on, we're not a trend. Uh, we are a healthy brand that um, is just going to continue to evolve. And, and we have loyal guests and our opportunity is to reach new new customers and new guests and, and bring them in and invite them in to, to understand who we are and what we have to offer. So it is about growth and getting into new markets. And I'm working on a strategy just to, to seed new markets. So instead of going in with brick and mortar, maybe we go in with, with dark kitchens, um, mm. for example. So I'm exploring that right now um, on a serious level. So how do you grow um, but make the right decisions along the way? Well, the dark kitchens thing is interesting. Um, can you do dark kitchens with a customizable menu model? Because when you say dark kitchens, do you mean partnering with other restaurants to serve your menu out of them? Can, can you do that from a customization standpoint? I believe we can. We're in the exploration okay. mode right now. Um, and of course, it presents its challenges. But I think it's a, a tremendous opportunity for us to go in and, and see the new market. If you go into a market and we're not a hit, you haven't wasted you know, a ton of capital. So I, I think it's the right way to approach it and explore it. So I'm excited about it. I think it's just a, another area of opportunity for revenue and, and growth. Sure. All right. I want to talk about this idea of a billion dollar brand. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how serious you are about that, but I, I'm really interested in this because you've covered this industry for 13 years and, and I've seen a lot of brands become billion dollar brands, but you know, they're 40 year old brands. Sure. Um, and, and I'm also very curious about the fact that you know, it's one thing to start a company and grow to a billion dollars in the 70s or 80s or 90s. But in the 2020s, um, there's so much competition. So I, I'm just curious from your standpoint, like, how can you become an iconic chain today when not only do you have literally thousands of um, options in brick and mortar, but you also have the virtual marketplace to contend with? What, what does that look like, I guess? It's a great question, and and it's it's what we're trying to wrap our heads around and and figure out. And it, it's it's you know it's a bit of a puzzle and and figuring out the right pieces and partners and players and and it's just every area of the company you have to figure out how to do it and do it well. And um, I you know I don't know if I can answer that right now, but I, it's something that we're working on. And now that I've got my leadership team in place, and we're really exploring just every area um, that the concepts never thought about. So I think it's about being open-minded and nimble and looking for areas of opportunity and, and how to develop the brand. But again, I, I want to do it the right way. So sure. we'll, we'll figure out what that looks like. I probably didn't answer you directly, but <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take, when you become a billion dollar brand, um, you know, we'll hopefully in fewer years than more, we'll get back together and revisit what you said. You yeah. Go. All right. Yeah. So um, Michelle, last question for you. I'm just curious, you know, again, um, from this concept of setting a brand up for growth, getting preparing it for this next phase of growth, a lot of folks who are listening, um, you know, might be in smaller emerging restaurant concepts, and growth is is all they're thinking about. This is a big, big question for them. What are your any advice you can provide to other leaders of restaurant concepts who are similarly looking into the future and looking at potential growth? What would you advise them to do to set their company up for that next phase? 
I believe a few things. It is about getting a solid team and surrounding yourself with with um, folks that have uh, knowledge outside of, of, of what you bring to the table. So really bringing all the right partners and, and um, looking at how you can grow with the right team, building your culture that's genuine and, and true and, and really owning that and, and living by it each and every day and, and taking care of your existing franchisees. If you're a franchise concept, really helping them grow and prosper and be profitable and making sure to, to cut costs and everything you can do with that existing group and, and help them grow. It's not all about new growth and new franchisees. Yes, we want them, but you've got that core group of franchisees that are who made the brand and, and that we care very much about. So it's about um, working with them and making sure they're successful. That's great. Michelle Bythewood of Salada, thanks for taking some time today. I appreciate it. Good to see you again. This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high-efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. That was my interview with Salada President Michelle Bythewood. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my five takeaways. My first takeaway is that customization is here to stay, particularly in healthy eating. If you've listened to our Extra Serving podcast, you probably know that we've had some conversations recently about customization, some debates about customization. Is it still popular? Is it still trendy? We went through about a decade where we talked about the importance of customization and how much millennials wanted it. But recently, we've seen as, for example, Subway went to signature subs. They released uh, 12 signature options, which was sort of counter to their whole customization ethos. And we wondered aloud, well, was customization dead? As I learned from this interview with Michelle, customization is not dead. Now, it doesn't mean that it is totally king, but it is does mean that some brands, I think, are still going to thrive on customization. And my gut is that healthy eating is going to be one of those categories that really does still thrive with customization. The reason is, is that when it comes to healthy eating, people have their own diets, their own wants and needs. There's a lot of preferences they have when it comes to healthy eating. And so they want to pick and choose those ingredients that fit their their diet. And so healthy eating is especially going to thrive on customization. And that is clearly true of Salada. My second takeaway is that plenty of guests still want to go inside restaurants, even if they don't dine in. I thought this was a really interesting statistic from Michelle that 75% of Salada customers go inside the restaurants, but over 50% of them still take it to go. She talked about the fact that the customization but that really drives the success at Salada is, is part of the reason why. Customers want to go inside the restaurants, look at those ingredients in front of them, be able to choose the ingredients that way. When you do it digitally, it just it's not really quite the same experience. And so it's important that guests can go inside 
And because of that, it's still important to have a dining room and to have this brick and mortar uh, interior presence that they are now working on enhancing the design of and making sure all those elements feel and look and feel right. As we talk so much in this industry about the importance of off-premise and downsizing footprints and how so much is going toward just drive-through and delivery, don't forget customers do want to go inside restaurants. It just doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sit down in your restaurant and eat. But they need the ability to come and just immerse themselves into your restaurant. Of course, depending on the concept. But just keep in mind that that is still an important thing for some customers. My third takeaway is that smaller footprints with pickup windows are still the future. So that's sort of a counterpoint to my last takeaway about, about diners wanting to go inside. Even though they do want to go inside, they are also very much still attracted to the online ordering process and the pickup window. That was a part of our conversation between Michelle and I, the fact that 20% of Salada's business currently is digital ordering, and she expects that to go up. And that's why they're investing in drive through locations, the drive through being a pickup window. So yes, customers want to go inside, but also yes, the smaller footprint with the pickup window is the future. The truth of the matter is you just have to depend this, base this on your location, your neighborhood, the local customer, and what they are looking for. Do they want that drive through pickup window? Is it maybe more of a suburban location? Or do they want to go inside and look at the ingredients and customize? The answer is yes to both of those, just depending on where you are. Now, one thing to note, and this is true across most restaurant concepts, but Michelle kind of drove the point home. Those drive through locations are doing significantly higher sales. So having that location with a drive through even if it's just a pickup window, that can make a big difference. My fourth takeaway is that the customers of today and tomorrow want to understand and connect with your purpose. This is the case for millennials and Gen Z. Young customers today want to know, what do you stand for? What are you all about? Michelle talked about that being a differentiator for Salada among the salad fast casuals, the healthy fast casuals, is that they stand for mental health. They're supportive of mental health among their teammates. Um, she talked about the brand values and why it's so important for the company to stick to those. That resonates with your customer base. And younger customers, especially today, that's something they want to be a part of those brands that they choose to frequent and to make a part of their lifestyle. My fifth and final takeaway is that you're only going to go as far as your team will take you. Michelle is clearly setting Salada up for major, major things in the future. She wants to be a billion-dollar brand. And right now, she's spending all of her time on getting things right so that she can get everything in place to take Salada to where it could possibly go. That included the logo, the branding, the restaurant design. But most importantly, it's the people. She's been hiring strong leaders, filling out her executive team to make sure she can accomplish the goals she has for Salada. That also extends to franchisees. Salada is franchising, and they want to make sure they have that partnership right, that they pick the right people. You're only going to go as far as your team. Make sure you're making those decisions, your hiring decisions in your executive team, your franchisees, and of course in your restaurants. Make those decisions carefully and correctly because they can take you far. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okus at informa.com. Thanks again and talk to you next week.